This week, three sides of the coin. I don't know why Mark's even here because he didn't join the show for the interview. He just showed up to say hi. Snacks. And then leave because it's time to eat. (laughs) Seriously, this week, very cool show. We're joined by Jeremy Spencer, used to be in Five Finger Death Punch, now in Psychosexual. Huge Kiss fan. Got to see what he's wearing. Pays tribute to Eric Singer. Perfect. Uh, All right, let it run. This is Three Sides of the Coin, talking all things KISS. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Three Sides of the Coin. I don't know why there's three of us here, because one of them has literally only been here for 10 minutes, and he missed the entire interview. It wasn't rude or comes for the dessert. (laughs) He was actually to be here. Look, the dog ate it. <laughs> My train dog. didn't come in on time. <laughs> there was, there's an earthquake, a great flood. <laughs> so, so before we get to the amazing interview with the great guest we had, um, Sumter, anything to read? Comment? Yeah. Um, so we had Eddie Trunk on, for those of you that may not know, and that's the episode that dropped this week. And we did a what if segment and there's several different uh, interesting um, comments. I want to read a few. First one, I thought this was really interesting from Josh, Josh Hefner, the revenge tour, not selling while Metallica in a three-year tour for the black album. So that tells you that even though the grunge was having an effect, it didn't kill everybody. Uh, and then I think also too, look at use your illusions one and two, wasn't that around 92 as well? Mm-hmm. But, 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 but let, let's be honest, kiss was not in the same league as Guns N' Roses or Metallica at that point. Oh, no. Not, not even not, not even close. I mean, Guns N' Roses and Metallica are bands that are in a, a caliber that very, very, very few bands, like you could probably count on both hands, ever get to that they can almost do anything they want regardless of the musical styles, tastes, economy. I mean, they're just that big. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. You know, um, and then uh, Boise Bronco said that was fun. Sometimes these what if episodes get a little off the rails, but this was a good conversation. Thanks, gal and guys. As I said earlier on our Facebook page, I must have got that was one of, if not my favorite episode. It was just so fun to geek out, and especially with Eddie Eddie's you know, uh, blood he's brother. A nice guy and he's easy to talk to. Yeah. And, and he gets it. He's, he's, he can dork out with us. You know, you know what I, I love about Eddie is his attitude about opinions is very much like ours. I mean, it's, he's a perfect yeah. fit for the show because it, you know, he, he's got tastes about kiss that we don't necessarily agree with, but it doesn't matter. It's his opinion. It's our opinion. We all respect it. And there's no reason to hate somebody just because they like something different than you do. And, you know, he tells it like it is. I mean, Eddie's not afraid to say his personal feelings, just like right. we are. I mean, that, that I, that's what I love about Eddie. It's like That's refreshing. Yeah. He may say something I don't like, but I like the fact that he, he's able to say it. 
Also, too, you know, he's got a lot of conviction behind his his opinions. And that's a, you know, especially when you're talking about things like art, you know, music, there really is no right answer. Um, But, you know, it's it's different when you come backing it up with a passion for the subject matter. And and he certainly does. And I, I think we all do, you know, Lisa included, you know, everybody likes certain eras a certain for a certain reason. And, you know. I think, too, when you boil it all down, it really is all part of your life experience. And, you know, when you came on board, I didn't obviously a little foreshadowing here. I wasn't here for the interview. But from what you guys said, uh, you know, he his first show was in 86. And that's yeah. always hold a special. I, I know other fans who came in right around that time who are, you know, some of the craziest, most dedicated Kiss fans in the world. You know, they're they're their timeline's different from mine but it's it's no less important than someone who's been there from the beginning you know it doesn't matter when you get on the kiss train this is it's just as long as you love being on the ride that's all that matters and you know we're fortunate to uh, have interactions with fans like that all the time so all you got to do is be a fan that's it that's that's the only requirement yeah. just be a fan you don't have to spend yeah. more money you don't have to have more albums you don't have to be go to more tours travel to more countries does none of that matters it's it's all about in in your heart are you a fan do you love the band great you are as big and as worthwhile as it's mark Cicchini. amen I, I agree with that all the time doesn't matter you could start being a big fan tomorrow you're just as important as anybody else and, and, you know, and honestly, and I've said this a lot, too, sometimes it's these new fans who just discovered Kiss this year that in my mind, I'm going, you are more important because you are the future. That's true. You know, we're mm-hmm. not going to be here forever to keep fighting for this band. We need the next generation to keep fighting for the band. Oh, guys, I got a funny story and then I, I will get on to our guest. This, I, this literally happened an hour ago. Um, I still use a travel agent uh, for a, a very myriad of reasons, but one of which she's a good friend of my family's, but she's calling me and I had some complicated things to, to get sorted out and she got them sorted out for me. And she's like, I'll explain later. Well, she had a lady from the Delta on that had to speak to me about something because uh, my, my brother was redeeming an old ticket from, from when COVID happened last year. Um, if you guys, if anybody had to deal with that shit, you know, you were allowed to cancel your flight. And anyway, so we, we take care of that. And I, you know, my travel agent, travel agent, you know, whatever. She calls me back literally a few minutes later. I said, I said, what, what's up? She goes, what's the name of your podcast? (laughs) I said, what? She goes, the 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 person from Delta is a big Kiss fan. And I was just talking about you and she oh, wants to watch it. <laughs> so so if you're the person from Delta, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. We love Delta. We I love Delta. I, I, no, I do. I seriously love Delta. I fly them all the time yes. from San Francisco mm-hmm. to Minneapolis. I love the fact that still... They are not selling middle seats on Delta. It's a little mm-hmm. more comfort, mm-hmm. but they've, they've been, yeah. I, I actually had to deal with calling Delta for a reservation um, last week because 
myself, Katrina and Thule are all flying to Minnesota to visit my dad. And we're flying out, three of us were flying out on the same flight. Katrina's flying back one week later and Thule and I are staying two weeks. So then I had to have different return flights booked. Add to it, Thule had a flight credit from a canceled COVID flight Same thing. last year. So I'm like, okay, so I need to have her funds applied to her ticket. And it was, you know, it was nothing that you could do online. It was too messed up to book this all online. Yep. The Delta agent was as nice as could be and got everything taken care of. And yeah, thumbs up for Delta. I will tell you, as anybody who knows me well, I travel a lot and I am the biggest fucking Delta snob in the world. I Delta is the only airline. If, if Delta doesn't fly there, I probably won't go. Fortunately, they go to all the places I like to go. But yeah, Delta is, is has been forever. Um, my my favorite airline and and again i i travel a lot so now i i I know i I will say this because because we've got a big listener and a friend of ours omar who is Mm -hmm. a pilot for southwest i do love southwest just as yeah i like southwest too the problem is there's no direct flights from san francisco to minneapolis on southwest i have to connect through somewhere and flying with Thule. The less connections, the less hassles I will have. Omar's an incredible guy. I love you, Omar. My only issue is I don't, I hate the boarding thing there. You know what I'm talking about. I got no problem with Southwest boarding. Oh, I can't stand it. I had to take, matter of fact, uh, we took Delta to Tampa. And then when, when we were going from Tampa to New Orleans, they Delta didn't fly that. And my, the next one, I'm like, okay, well, well, we'll fly Southwest. Southwest, again, they, they do a great job too. I just don't like the whole boarding thing. And anybody who's a frequent flyer knows exactly what I'm talking about. I won't get into it here. But um, yeah, other than- well, But you know, I, I will add, I will say to counter that, um, years ago when I was working in the porn business, I was flying from San Francisco down to LA every week. And- I got myself up to a level status. I was always at front of the line because I just flew so frequently. I mean, it worked out beautifully. Just I've got no problems yeah. with it. I think the bigger issue with Southwest is so many people don't understand the whole concept of how it's supposed to work. They're like, Oh, I'm going to go line up now. No, you're in the C group. What does that mean? See, it says a, Go sit down. Yes. It's not a complicated process, but it's, it's not no. a complicated process. I just like having my seat ahead of time. That's oh, mm-hmm. true, true. That, that's really what it boils down to. Um, so. But yes, thumbs up, thumbs up, Delta. We, we, we love you. And, and if you're Mark's Delta agent, thanks for getting Mark to Florida. <laughs> drop a drop out. What do you call it? Drop a comment or something. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we get to the guest, I want to tease a little something that's coming, being released soon. And we've got a guest coming on next week to talk about it. Um, Tom Shannon and rockologists who have done some amazing. He's another, he's another gold, he's another gold jacketer, isn't he? He's yeah. getting up there. Yeah. So he's this probably... guy's at least three three or four be his third or fourth time um you know rockologists have released some amazing reissues in the past um they are reissuing this is very cool and when we're when we're done with this little plug here we'll roll a video promo that he sent us 
Um, he's reissuing the two Peter Chris solo albums, not the 78, his two no. pure solo albums when he left Kiss. The one that was released domestically and the one that was never released in the U.S. but was released internationally. And they're coming out on colored vinyl and, you know, they're getting the full rockologist's treatment, which we know is amazing. The second to none. Second yes. to none. Tom, Tom is first class yeah. in everything he does. Yep. And uh, you guys are going to you're going to be blown away. I'm super excited myself. I, I am actually very I mean, as much as I I don't like Peter's first solo album quite as much. His second solo album is brilliant. It's a yes, great album. Oh, uh, yes, I like Out of Control is probably my favorite of the three in that little window there. Out, out of Control, I'm not not the big fan of. It's It was his next one that I really loved. Really loved that one. So the fact that it's coming out on vinyl, it's getting color vinyl, it's getting, you know, again, Tom's attention to detail is is awesome. So here's a little video promo of what's coming out. And then next week, Tom's going to join us. We'll have another guest as well um, to talk about um, the release of these two albums. We might even reveal a little magic with Tom next week. <laughs> the gift that keeps well, stay on. Tuned after, yeah, hey, so stay tuned after the promo. May, maybe we don't want that book to ever come out so we can keep talking about it. Because <laughs> once it comes out, the bit's over. It's true. It's mm -hmm. true. Although if it does come out, as we've said, and it's as good as it's been, you know, hyped, we'll get it. Probably won't have the author on as a guest, but we'll get it. It's what we've said, right? Mm -hmm. From day one. I, I don't understand how this whole legend game that, you know, look, we just said it wasn't coming out by Christmas uh, of 2000, was it 15? Yeah. And, and for the next six Christmases, we were right. <laughs> and if I was a bet, man, I think we're going to be right on the next one, too. But hey, I, you know, look, you put, you nobody, put, I was going to say, you could have put your kid through college in that time. Exactly. Look, I hope that the book comes out because I hope everybody who paid for what you know, paid him. I hope gets the book. I don't want to see. I don't want to see them not get the book. But hey, you know what? Jesus Christ! How much fucking longer is it going to take? But whatever. Whatever. Best, so best it, best of luck to the author and best of luck to the people who paid him. That's all I. It, that's all exactly. I we want everybody in the end to be happy. And trust me, if it comes out and it's an amazing book, we will be saying it's an amazing book. We're not afraid to say it. Um, all right, so let's roll the little video promo for the Peter Chris Rockologist releases, and then we're going to get into our guest this week, Jeremy Spencer. You might know him. He used to be in Five Finger Death Punch. He's now got a new band called Psychosexual. Huge Kiss fan. Wait till you see what he looks like when he comes on the show. Let it roll.
Want to get your official three sides of the coin logo and shocker tee? Now you can. We ship worldwide. Get yours online at shop.threesidesofthecoin.com. Are you telling us you're a Kiss fan? No, man. Who? Yeah. Oh, wait a second. You're an Eric Singer fan. Yes. Hey, man, I'm a fan of even Mark St. John, dude. I love everything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Three Sides World. We are excited to welcome Jeremy Spencer to the show this week. Now, let's. you might know Jeremy initially from your previous band, Five Finger Death Punch, and we had your bandmate Jason on years ago. He's a big Kiss fan as well. Um, and we'll get into all of this later, but you've, you, you're you no longer with Five Finger Death Punch and you've now got your own band called Psychosexual. And that's a cool ass name. Thanks, man. Yeah. And and I'm guessing you're a Kiss fan. Uh, what gave it away? Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like every musician, it, it, you start when you're young, you see a record cover and you get blown away by it. And I just, I'm like, all right. Okay. So, 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 so the first question, and I'm asking this literally to piss off our viewers. Okay. Are you a Peter Chris mm -hmm. fan or are you dressed as Eric Singer today? Cause I'm hoping you're dressed as Eric Singer. You know what? I, we're, I'm going to do half and half because I'm a little confused about what's going on up here with the points. So we'll just say it's like half and half. Good, 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 good answer. This side this is Peter. Political. This side yeah. is Eric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay. Here, which which side um, is? Oh, oh, my 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 mind just blanked. The um, uh, Peter Chris's drum tech. Who? Oh, who, God, Eddie. Oh. Eddie Cannon. Eddie Cannon. Which side is yeah. Eddie Cannon who played Peter for one show? Oh, shit. Uh, that's, I think, back here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let, let's, let's start with when did, you, when did you first discover KISS and how did it happen? Uh, a school friend of mine turned me on to KISS back when we were like six years old. Um, and this would have been what what year? We want to make sure timeline is in here. Seventy nine, about okay, all right, dynasty. all um, right. And I was totally floored by what I was seeing and listening to. I mean, like every other musician, it's the same story. We got a Kiss record, and then we wanted to be in a band, and now we're in a band. Uh, you know, but I got like a uh, eighty dollar. Sears drum kit from uh, my grandma bought it for me for Christmas. So then I was like in Kiss as far as I was concerned. I was playing along the records and I was terrible, but I didn't care. I was like in Kiss, you know. Were, were, were you into music before this happened? Before you discovered Kiss? Were you into bands? What kind of music led you there? Well, I mean, there was always music in the house. So whatever my parents were, were playing, including even like musical soundtracks, which drove me nuts. But <laughs> like, uh, I was into whatever was on the radio, but I had a lot of 45s, um, Beatles, Elvis, Sticks, um, shit, even BJ Thomas, you know? Oh, there like, you oh, go. Yeah, you yeah. know, and uh, my, my friend Brian um, from school, 
he had a bunch of Kiss records and he was showing me Kiss and that did it for me. And then like I was made for love and you came out and I was really into that. I, I got the 45 and I remember putting that on my grandma's stereo and just like laying down behind the stereo, kind of like pinned against the wall with the thing on repeat. Like the record, even you could set your record player for it to repeat. So I listened to it and drove everyone in the house crazy for hours, but I didn't care. I was in heaven. Well, so, so, uh, this is kind of interesting. So it was it was around the dynasty era, and I was made for loving you was kind of like the first exposure to Kiss. Yeah. Had, you, had you heard or seen anything of them prior to that? I I had seen it maybe, but I didn't really. It it didn't grab me. I wasn't focused because I wasn't like, here, dude, you got to check this out. When my friend said that and he put the cover in my hand, I think it might have been. I think he had a live. That might have been the record he had. And, uh, but I got my first record that I actually bought. We were at Service Merchandise. And I remember them. They used to have cutout bins of records, yep. you know, they clip the corner off and yep. sell it for a dollar. And I saw Gene's solo record. And I'm like, fuck, dad, can I get this? I want to get it. He's like, no way. Absolutely not. And then please let me get it. Okay, fine. So he bought it for me and we, I take it home. I put it on and it starts skipping. And I'm like, what the fuck? I was so bummed, man. I'm like, I'm devastated that I, I finally get a Kiss record and it skips. So we took it back and I was going to exchange it for another one. And they were out of the Gene record, but all they had is Paul. So I got Paul and that was actually, and that one worked fine. Yeah, I was going to say that's a better choice anyway. I mean, I, that 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 Gene, the Gene, I mean, we talked, we, we, we've talked about this over the last few weeks. That Gene album was, you know, as as I was a, I got into Kiss in '76. So by yeah. the time the solo albums came around, you know I, you know Rock and Roll Over was just like my first Kiss record, the head exploding. This is just the pinnacle of Kiss, and yeah. then Alive too. And when the solo albums came out, it was the big thing of, well, this is going to sound like a Kiss record, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, I'm a I'm I was a 14 year old fan. I'm like, you don't know anything. You're just like, okay, it's Gene Simmons. And I put the needle on and I'm like, okay, this isn't quite the demon. Radioactive was really good. And I'm not saying it it's not as bad as Peter's solo album for me, <laughs> but it wow. was a surprise is what it was. It was just a shock because it was not, it wasn't Destroyer. It wasn't Love Gun. It wasn't Rock and Roll Over. It wasn't Alive or Alive 2. I mean, it was a complete tangent. But radioactive, it started. It scared the shit out of me. The intro, nope. you're like, yep. "Fucking, this is serious, yeah. man." I I, rem came. I remember when I started radioactive. I'm like, "Oh, this is fucking great. This is good." And that that kind of hurt me a little bit more because it built it up even more. Like, yes, this is going to be such a great album. And then after that, I'm like, "I'm not sure what happened here. Where did the demon go?" <laughs> there is a lyric on there where I think he says, "You'll jump off a roof if I say." And I always laughed at that. I thought, man, that's fucking, that's a cool lyric. So, so you got, you got Paul's album, which arguably is as, as close to a kiss record as you can probably get for the solo albums. Ace is really close, but I think Paul yeah. was, Yeah. I mean, Paul, Paul's was a kiss record. Yeah. I mean, I, it started really strong, you know, tonight you belong to me. It's killer the way it starts. And then it builds into this big rock, epic rock thing. Yep. But to me, Ace just had the rawness and the, it was just the cool factor. And it, 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 the sales proved it too. He was yep. smart, man. He picked a song, worked at radio and like it just, uh, it worked. 
I, I think for me, you know, it's always a toss of people are like, what's your favorite solo album? And it almost depends on the mood I'm in, the day of the week, what's going on, whether it's Paul or Ace. They can equally, equally switch out because yeah. they're both. I mean, you if they would have mashed those two albums up, that would have been perfect. It's a Kiss record. Yeah, it I mean, would have been a perfect out. record. Rip it out. That's all. I always kick my ass. Speeding back to my baby. Yeah, great shit, man. Ozone. I love that stuff. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, so you you got in, you know, your your exposure to Kiss musically was in a period that we now look back on as the start of a big transition for Kiss. I mean, that's when Kiss was really starting to go off you know okay i was made for loving you we all you can argue is it disco is it not disco but it's not rock and roll over it's not alive it's not dressed to kill it's completely different um and you know and they started to lose a lot of fans yet that's when you got on board they lost a lot of the original fans but gained a whole new audience which were kids young young kids because it was dance music you know to them it was a party song i was made for loving you was their introduction and they had the big fluffy costumes at yep. that point, which was way different than before. So, but then hearing I was made for Lumber you made me want to go back and check out all the old Kiss, which I did and got into a live next and then Hotter Than Hell, which is my favorite Kiss album of all time, hands down. So so, so do you re- do you recall when you started to go back? Because that's what I wanted to ask you is then you went back to discover early Kiss because yeah. even when I got into Kiss in 76 with Rock and Roll Over, I had that luxury of going back and discovering four albums prior to that, that I wasn't aware of. That's so cool when you kind of discover a band and then you can go back and go, Holy crap, they've got a huge catalog here. This is like found music. Yeah. What do you recall your feelings were when all of a sudden you started listening to rock and roll over and dress to kill and the debut album and going, well, this is different than dynasty. Do you, yeah, remember well, that? I, since I was into a live, I got the kind of the exciting versions of those songs where yeah. it didn't translate. That first record's awesome. Was so, the songs are cool, but to me, it didn't capture the raw energy of their show, and that's what they even said. And that's what that, that was their last ditch attempt at having a breakthrough. Let's make a concert. Let's capture us in concert on right. vinyl, and it worked. Fucking whoever thought that would happen. You know, the record company's going, are you guys fucking insane? Yeah. Well, yeah, we, 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 we know basically at that point in time, the label was bankrupt and going out of business. And thanks to Alive, you know, Kiss saved the record label. And and we, we, and and we were and we joked that and by the success of Alive, they they financed the disco explosion. True, and and it, that launched live records. Everyone made a live record after that. Yeah, yeah. Was, live. Yeah, because before that, live records, and you know, and even a live was looked at it that way. Basically, live records were just throwaway albums yeah. for a record label. It was sort of like, all right, this is all you got to do to get out of your record contract. You owe us a live album. Great, just record some crappy show. We'll throw it out there. No one buys it, and live albums really changed at that point and they became something people really wanted to do yeah and they they started cheating and and fixing them up and making them sound as amazing as they could so you know because it was a big deal to have like you had to have a um, 
fucking flawless live record to compete. It's 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 funny because we all know that Kiss Alive basically the only thing on there that's still live are the drum tracks. Everything yeah. else, including the audience, was fixed. And I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you guys watched the Super Bowl. In one of the pregame segments, they talked about how for this year the NFL had to pipe in crowd noise at all the live yeah. games. And they, they, it was a really cool, like 15 minute story on how they did this. And they've literally created it. It, it looks like effects racks basically. Yeah. But it's got, then they recorded crowd noises at every different stadium, NFL stadium. And it's, this is a button when it's a punt. This is a button for a kickoff. This is the button for the crowd noise for it. And I'm sitting here going, God, if Kiss only had this back for the Alive album, it would have made, you know, adding the crowd noise so much easier to Kiss Alive. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, Eddie Kramer could have just sat there and go, okay. Psh, <laughs> and he was, Eddie was telling me a story when they were, when he was uh, helping produce some stuff for Flip that the, alive the tape for the crowd noise he had it in a room like the bar i'm in and it literally wrapped around the whole bar in and out of several different things and around different art items to hold it in you know taunt and they, they just kept it on a reel like that when they were recording it or mixing it together wow that's cool yeah just crazy stuff they came up with back in the day love it so but you so know what the crowd noise difference on those on those nfl games they oh, really man. do. I mean, because you expect to hear someone go, yeah, first down, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and, and, and that's what one of the things they talked about. I mean, we're on a sidetrack here, but they talked about how in the first few games, you know, there would be a catch and then they'd hit the crowd noise and they quickly realized, actually, no, you've got to start the crowd noise a little bit before the catch happens because people are getting excited. Like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. Yes. You know? <laughs> so they had to build the anticipation of the excitement into it. And I'm just sitting here going, this is actually quite fascinating to the extent of what they did. And of course they're like, we hope we never have to use this stuff again. And I'm sitting here going, why stop using it? Just yeah, right. sweet, you know, use it to sweeten the sounds. <laughs> and, and if you listen to a live right before they go into Let Me Go Rock and Roll, if you listen really closely, you can hear fork down. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so were you equally attracted to the music? and the makeup at the same time? Because it's usually with a lot of fans, it's one or the other that grabs you first. No, it was simultaneous. I, To me, it was the, co the record cover at first, and then you put on the record, and then you're sitting there listening and holding the record cover. At the, so it was all soaking in at the same time. And just like, I was like, okay, this is some shit right here. This is This has to be a part of my life. And, and, and again, because timelines, everything, you were doing this before they took the makeup off. Were you immediately struck by that? God, what do these guys look like? Who are they? What, what are they? I mean, you know, it's hard to explain that to people who are not KISS fans during yeah. the 70s. That, like you just said, you would stare at that cover for 
an hour just trying to mentally remove the makeup and imagine what this what did they look like who were they is this who you know because they built up such an incredible backstory and mystique during the 70s that as kids we bought into all of it i mean it was it was literally i've said this it was like having a real life superhero it's not like superman who you read in the comic books but you can go it's a comic book i know superman's not real yeah freaking gene simmons and peter chris on stage and off stage that's real yeah and i remember seeing like you would see them in people magazine or something they always be partially yep. covered with like a handkerchief or their hand or something so you could kind of make out what they kind of look like but still the mystique was there and it were you know i mean those they, photo, those kind of photos were the coolest thing as a kid to see it's like oh my god it's Gene Simmons coming out of a restaurant and he's not in makeup and he's just, you know, it, it, you know, and I've told people that in this day and age, like, remember when, when COVID first started and, and Paul did a couple live stream events from his house where he, he played the guitar and told some stories. I was like, could you imagine how our heads would have exploded if he did that back in the seventies? Yeah. I mean, just the access that people have to, celebrities and bands now imagine if we had that to kiss back then like i mean yeah you know, again, i almost had, wonder had, if that would wreck it well i was just moment. gonna say it, it would wreck it but at the same time your head for that one moment would explode going holy crap it's paul stanley playing kiss songs not in makeup i mean you can't right i mean i i'll be the first to admit i thought early on of course, Kiss recorded their studio albums in costume and makeup, right? I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, and 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 they added to that when they sh they released those photos of uh, the recording of Destroyer when they were recording the um, the choir, and they were in makeup and costumes for that. Oh so, man, you know, you just want to, you know, as a kid, you're sitting there going, "Yeah, they they always wear this makeup, right? It's just always on them." So there was video from that recording? There was not video, but there were still photos that they oh. used for PR purposes. Okay. Of, of, and, 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 and the really cool part, which none of us really probably noticed back then, but now you do, they didn't have all of their Destroyer costumes completed yet. So like Gene was in the Destroyer costume I think Ace was half Destroyer costume and hotter than hell boots. Yeah. Yep. All was still in his alive costume. You know, now, now it's like, oh, my God, this is just crazy to think about. Back then, we didn't even notice. We didn't. I mean, at least for me, it was like, oh, my God, it's just Kiss. It's just yeah. Kiss. Well, and even with how simplistic Paul's makeup is in comparison to the, the other three, I looked at, I was looking at photos the other night and I'm like, God, I know what he looks like now. And it's still kind of hard to see it. It's amazing how just a little bit of black stuff around your eyes and some other design can really like make you go, God, what do they look like? And that just added, like you said, to the, to the excitement of it all. What a drastic difference from when they hadn't figured out the makeup yet on the first record to the next step and it evolved. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, oh yeah, they look so not like the, them at all, you know? Well, the, the, how everything evolved in that, I, I imagine like when the first album came out, there wasn't a, 
sit-down group meeting of we will never be seen outside of our makeup and this is the way it's going to that sort of just evolved on its own as they got bigger and more famous you know the whole mystique of big john hart you know no photos no photos i'm stealing i mean that is just so cool to yeah. look back and think about especially in this day and age that you know if that were to happen now you know the band would get their ass sued because the photographer would be like you can't steal my camera and my film you know i'm <laughs> suing your ass and you know but back then the way it just started happening naturally was so cool. I yeah. mean, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't planned is what it comes down to. I don't think you could plan that. Like it's just, it just started snow, you know, snowballing out of control. And then they're just, all right, we got to just stick to this plan. And let's well, and, 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 that, and that's where having somebody who was, was, as exceptional as Bill O'Coin, he recognized that and was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to take advantage of this. And this is what we're going to do. And, you know, you, you guys, you guys can kind of go out in public because no one will recognize you. They'll just go, Oh, it must be some rock star, but we don't know yeah, who yeah. that rock star is. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I'll ask you as a musician, I bet there's times where you're like, damn, I wish I could go out and be in just, with nothing and nobody would recognize me. There were times like I would go to concerts uh, when we'd be off tour and like I would go to a concert here in Vegas and I'm just trying to watch, you know, Motley Crue and I brought my dad along and all it takes is one person to recognize the the old haircut that, you know, I had and then they, yeah. they come over and ask for a photo and then somebody sees them do it. So then yep. they come and then it's just fuck. And you're, you're trying to be cool because you want to, respect the fans but at the same time you're like i just want to hang with my dad and watch motley crew come on he, the drum solo is getting ready to happen but here's a picture and i'm trying to be cool yeah so sometimes yeah but you know it's part of the deal and that, no it, you're right it, it goes along with it but to 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 kiss his credit they kind of got the best of both worlds they got yeah. because back in the 70s they got to be rock stars in makeup and then they got to take that off and, you know, we've all heard the story where Gene's like, yeah, I at Madison Square Garden. I went out front and walked in through the turnstile out of makeup and nobody knew who I was. That's awesome. Yeah. True yeah. or not. I don't know, but I could imagine it would be it would be true because you got to you got to think back. He just looks like a long haired rock star and there's plenty of them. Yeah. He's just never been seen. Especially yeah. in New York. People probably wouldn't look twice at him because there's another thousand thousand guys that look similar to him in the crowd that night yep yep so so when was the first kiss concert you went to was that dynasty no i tried to go i asked my parents if they would let me go to to the dynasty show in our town and uh with my friend and they were like no absolutely not you can't go i was like what do you <laughs> <laughs> but they're like hey but you know what i I am going to get us tickets to a concert. It's a band called Hall and Oates. Oh, God. So I'm like, what the fuck is Hall and Oates? And I want to go. <laughs> but, you know, I ended up going to the Hall and Oates and they ruled. They had great songs and they performed. Yeah. Off. And I was, I had, I just didn't know much about them. I, I may have heard a song or two on the radio and not really cared or didn't sink in. Of course, I like their stuff now, but at the time, I didn't give a shit who it was. I oh no! Again, yeah. When 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 you're young and your whole life is Kiss, yeah, 
everything non-kiss is the enemy. Yeah. I, I mean, it's weird because I, I actually like a couple bands at that time. I got into Kiss first and then I immediately got into Devo right at, at the same time because they were weird too. And they had yep. like their plastic That's interesting. helmets and I was, it was the theatrics part of it. And I like yeah. the quirkiness of the songs and it was just cool. And I like Queen. Those, those three bands were like my first three, you know, things. That's interesting because I would expect... Queen makes sense, but I was I was honestly thought you were going to say Aerosmith or Van Halen or something like that because Devo is a whole different thing. But like you said, if the image appealed to you because it was theatrical and they had the red hats and they were you know it makes sense. It just I don't know if we've had anyone on that said something like that before. Well, all, you know, also they were popular radio. I, I would listen to, to to pop radio, whatever was on, so they would play rock songs and you know they would play the diva whip it song and all that stuff too so yeah you know, I, it was just all kind of mashed together and to me it just didn't seem like i shouldn't like devo it was like fuck they look cool well, yeah song. yeah <laughs> well and, and i think that you bring up a really interesting point jeremy because i think even though i'm a little bit michael and i are both a little bit older than you the thing that the kids don't have now is they don't have top 40 radio like it used to be like you were saying before you discovered Kiss, BJ Thomas, it was like you could go to the store and buy a 45. And if you like the song, you like the song. It didn't matter if it was Three Dog Night or if it was, you know, I don't know, the Bee Gees or Kiss. It was like, oh, cool. This is a great song. And now it just seems like all these genres have been divided and, and everything is so set. Like if you're, you're metal, you're metal. If you're pop, you're pop. If you're dance, you're dance. And I think it, 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 it people lose an opportunity to to find different music that and the, this generation doesn't get to experience what it's like to anticipate a physical album and like the the Ooh. night before being nervous and excited to run to the record store and to see yep. what the hell it was going to be like i couldn't wait there was a new prince record coming out i was fucking excited i wanted to run i couldn't wait to go get it you know, same with Kiss and, and, you know, on up through several different bands, Metallica, but they, they miss out on that today. Now it's just like, oh, it's new music Friday on Spotify and they go, they hit the button. And yeah. You know what, what, what I've, yeah. I've come to learn, you know, being a fan through the seventies, eighties and onward, and then now working in the music industry is it, it's always been about, we didn't realize it back then, but it was always about the experience yeah, it, it was the music was the reason there was an experience, but it wasn't just the music, because today, as you just illustrated, if it's just about the music, then, yeah, Friday, it comes out on Spotify and there's your music. There was no experience of learning the release date, anticipating the release date. Mm -hmm. at going and checking again did the release date change you know you you'd annoy the hell out of that guy behind the counter at the record store are you sure it hasn't changed are you sure it's yeah. coming in you know the day before it's supposed to come out you're calling are you sure it's coming tomorrow are you sure you're gonna have you call in the morning did you get it did you get it he's like oh, i don't know we got boxes in the back can you drop what you're doing and go back and look in the box i'm not coming in unless it's the you know the that and then the experience because I, I, I use this as my illustration. Two of them was Creatures of the Night and Lick It Up. But Lick It Up, I remember going through that whole process, going to 
um, in Minneapolis. I think I went and bought it at Northern Lights Records and I bought the vinyl and I'm driving home and it's about a half hour drive home and sitting next to me is this brand new <laughs> Kiss album sitting there having, you know, there, 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 there was no instant gratification tracks. You didn't get leaked sync. It was, you hadn't heard anything. And that anticipation of, God damn it. There's 10 new Kiss songs sitting right next to me. What the hell do they sound like? And the cover has them in no makeup. You know, you just, I, I literally wanted to pull off to the side of the road, plug in a vinyl, you know, LP player and stare at that cover and go, what is going on here? So that was the anticipation. And Creatures was the same way. I remember running in and getting it at um, Great American Music in Bloomington, Minnesota. And actually the story there is interesting because I went in looking for Killers. I was told that Killers was coming out. And I went in and Killers wasn't there, but I went to the new release wall. And I'm just scanning. I'm like, what the hell is this? There's a Kiss record I've never seen before on the wall. Yeah. You know, Thank God American music was closer to your house than Northern Lights or you would have had a heart attack. Oh, God, yeah. You know, but still there, it's like, I got to buy this album. And running home and putting headphones on, that was part of the, the experience with vinyls. You put your big-ass headphones on, mm -hmm. turn off the lights, crank it, and just lay on your bed reading the liner notes, studying the album cover, listening to the music all at the same time and absorbing that whole experience. And then of course you'd like call your buddy and go, did you get it? Did you listen to it? No, come on over. You've got to listen to this. You got to hear this. That's gone. That yeah. whole, that I should say it's not completely gone, but the challenge of creating that experience is much more challenging for bands. Oh yeah. It's, it's so different and people just don't even know what it was like. And that's a shame because how much fun that was for us. You know, we just right. got to well, do you... go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. Please finish. No. Well, I was just, do you think it's possible, Jeremy, that, that, that feeling that Michael was just describing has been replaced with video games. You know, I'm so out of touch with them. I'm not sure, but maybe yeah, I really I... don't know about them. I'm, I just don't pay attention now. I got to imagine that, in this day and age, it doesn't really exist with anything. Yeah. Music, video games, Automatic. movies, books, magazines. I mean, remember when you might have gotten wind that, oh, Kiss is going to be on People magazine. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, you go through that whole ordeal with, you know, the drugstore. Like, are you carrying people? When does it come <laughs> in? Do you have it on the shelf? You know, <laughs> all of that's gone with everything today. And you can argue good or bad um, because the internet has made all that information immediately available to everybody at the same time around the world. I mean, there's part, part of what we had, you know, back in the day was your, your buddy might learn about something, but you don't. Why yeah. did he learn? Because he happened to get a subscription to TV guide, which you don't have. And TV guide had the little blurb that said, you know, on the Mike Douglas show, Gene Simmons. Yeah. You know, you know, and same with tours. You know, mm -hmm. when, when they would, like, Creatures of the Night was my first tour. I had no idea what the set list was going to be like. Even yeah. though the tour had already been going on for two months. 
I had no idea what the set was going to look like, the effects, nothing. I mean, I still remember the Creatures tour at the end when when Eric's drum kit would come out and it would shoot and it blow the front lids off of the speakers. I thought that was 100% legit and real. I was like, holy fuck, he just blew up the speakers. (laughs) Realizing that he kidnapped the night before and he's doing it tomorrow night. I mean... They just keep duct taping them back together. Exactly. I just thought, holy cow, something really went wrong here. The the fucking tank (laughs) blew up the speakers hanging there. All of that is gone today because as soon as you go to that show to see Motley Crue, we're on Instagram going, here's the photo and the video of the whole thing. Yeah. And the whole world knows about it. Well, that's, I mean, we would notice that while we were performing too, you just see everyone watching it through the, like this, you know, with their fucking phones. And I'm like, and I don't get that. I mean, neither. I, were you really going to watch all that later again? Like you may look at it for a second, but you're not going to watch the whole 45 minutes of it, you know, like. Well, so let me turn that on you, Jeremy. Be in the present. Yeah, let me turn that on you. So you're sitting behind your drum kit and your band. What's it like now to look out at an audience and half the people are doing this? We just, I laugh at it. We accept it. I mean, it's just the way it is. But yeah, I'm thinking I would have never done that. You know, even even now when I go see Kiss or I'll film maybe one 30 second thing or something. And then right. that, yeah. That not 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 the night. whole show. I mean, e- even even back in the day when we you'd sneak in a camera, you might sneak in and you'd get only twenty photos because it was film, and you were done for the night. Yeah. You know, and then you watch the whole thing, and and nowadays, yeah, I'll still like to take my 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 camera phone with me, and if it's a special section of a song or something that you know is important to me, yeah, I'll capture just that. Yeah. But not watch, not the whole show, because the reality is, you know, here's my advice, people. Somebody else is filming the whole show and you can go watch their video on YouTube. You don't yeah. need to do it yourself. Right. For sure. That's just what everyone does. And they want to feel special and they want to post it on the Internet. Hey, look at me. Look what I'm doing. I'm here. Give me attention. And and that's just kind of where we are. And um, it, it, it's crazy how it. It's evolved from, I remember going to the concerts and the one thing you had to make sure you brought with you, whether you smoked or not, you had to have a Bic lighter with you in the, in back well, in the yeah. day, because that's what you held up during the ballads and solos and everything else was a Bic lighter. Yeah. And well, now, now those are all replaced by the light of camera phones. That's what our singer would say. Put your cigarette lighters <laughs> and your cell phones up because he, that's, yep. A certain amount of people have lighters now because nobody fucking smokes cigarettes. Right, exactly. Right. Exactly. And I remember asking, we were going to a concert. I don't know which one it was. I was probably 14 years old. And I'm like, can you can we stop at the store? I need to buy a big lighter. And my mom's like, oh, are you smoking now? And I'm like, I'm at a concert and I want to be able to do this. I know. I you know, I, I didn't smoke as I didn't smoke as a kid, but I had my concert lighter. You know, (laughs) it was in in my top drawer. It's like, what's it? It's just my concert lighter. What do you just hold it up? You flick the bick. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you didn't smoke. You shot up black tar heroin. Exactly. Exactly. Normal. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I had to heat the spoon up and everything. So, you know, come on. Yeah, it's just crazy. Well, so tell us now about your journey, because you you were one of the founding members. I, I, I thought your bio was really interesting because. You're one of the founding members of Five Finger Death Punch, which I've seen you guys a bunch of times. Great band. You've now left 
and now you're starting your new band. And I just, I'm very intrigued because A, I think the name of the band sounds fucking awesome. And B, I'm interested to see the path you take. Um, I am uh, the, I'm the head photographer at a rock fest in, in um, Wisconsin where you guys have played before. So I'm really hoping your new band, you will come there eventually, or at least to Minnesota. Tell, tell us about all this. Well, I had been doing solo music for a long time. Um, many different styles, actually, but I was always a fan of uh, 80s new wave kind of synth pop music, too. So I was, yeah. I was dabbling in that kind of Devo meets Duran Duran, Bowie, you know, shit like that, Gary Newman. Um, yeah. And then when I left the band, I was like, I want to do my own band and I want it to be heavy and dark. I'm going to be the vocalist, um, but I, wanna, I wanted to put together my own band and try that the way I've experienced being the drummer in another band, except now I'm up, up front. So I just wanted to. You're kind of pulling the Phil Collins on everybody. Well, you know, I <laughs> my hair is thinning. Is it? <laughs> yeah, but you got a better haircut than he does. I just wanted to try. I, I wanted to try it. Um, I I wanted to make it theatrical and as fun as possible, and to to make it as close to Kiss as you can on whatever budget I can come yeah. up with. You know, but I, it's that's how I would like to see concerts. I want to leave there going, "Holy shit! Did you see what they did?" Even if it was. Yeah. Just, a light trick or something cool, you know, rather than just dudes jamming or, or playing shredding fast music that, and people, you know, moshing in the pit and killing each other. I mean, I've been a part of all that and that's been great, but I, there's, I still can't get away from kiss and theatrics and shit. It's gotta be right. fun. It's gotta be a whole evening of Holy shit. Well, that was so much fun. You know, was that a scary decision to make? No, um, I, I left the band for a couple reasons. It wasn't just to be, to go do another band. I was done at that point. I, I had back problems. Like I had degenerative discs and oh, yeah. sitting and drumming, double bass playing and traveling. And it was, I was fucked. I had to get a couple back surgeries. And when I left, um, I had a major back surgery, which set me back for a while. And that was actually kind of depressing because you just are so fucking immobilized almost. Um, but I finally regained my strength and worked out with a trainer and got back to now my back's great. You know, now there's other pains, but <laughs> in other areas. That's age. <laughs> but at least now I'm, I can uh, bend over to pick up a freaking quarter or something <laughs> where before I was <laughs> And trying to tour and play drums, it, it was just reaching a point where it was like, okay, I'm not playing very good anymore. I'm not enjoying this because I'm in pain and I can't give the performance that I want. It's like athletes right before they retire, their body's not working. Their brain can do it, but right. they can't perform. Right. So they're like, fuck, man, I got to stop. I got to so stop. It's like, so it's like baseball. You were a catcher and now they're moving you to first base. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, singing is not it's not going to be the wear and tear that doing all the fucking double bass yeah. and, and, arm yeah. and whipping the, your windmill head around. Like I'm in prosthetics and makeup and I'm standing there with, you know, contacts in and it's a little different. It's not physically. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's going to be fun, but not physically as demanding. It will be physically demanding. I'm still, I have boots that weigh fucking a ton. They're like kiss boots. 
So nice. I, I always punish myself. I mean, there's always something. Even in Death Punch, I was painting my face and wearing costumes towards the end. And, and now it's the same, more of the same <laughs> in the new band. That sounds great. Yeah, that yeah. sounds great. Well, you know, in, 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 in Death Punch, we, <clears throat> as we started off, we know Jason was a big Kiss fan as well. Was anybody mm -hmm. else in the band Kiss fans? Yeah, Chris, Chris, the bass player was, but uh, Jason and I shared a dressing room. So we had our assistants set up in every arena in our dressing room, tapestry, kiss tapestries all That's over. That's why I was going to ask you, what yeah. was it like touring with other band members who were just as big kiss fans as you are? Well, we were the no, uh, the annoying one. So we had our own, we shared a dressing room and we, it was all kiss blaring in there all day tapestries all over the walls we had our own coffee machine you know like i um painted myself up as a skeleton so i got to sit in front of a mirror and do my makeup like kiss did like it, it was all it's i got to pretend to be in kiss even then you know that's awesome did did you guys do any festival shows with kiss yeah we did like six shows in europe and it was just us and kiss us opening for kiss and that was incredible. I remember the first night that we came out, we're all heavy and doing our metal thing. And you see this crowd just going, oh, they did not give a fuck. They were like, when is fucking kiss coming on? But the cool thing is, is we got to stand on the side of the stage while kiss played, but all the concussion bombs and shit are going off and you're starting to go, I gotta get the fuck out of here. I can't take any more of that. <laughs> so you start getting PTSD and shit. <laughs> walk over in between songs goes, how's it going guys? And <laughs> you're like, oh, dude, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that, you know, I always love to get that reaction when we have, have musicians on as guests who then got, grew up as kids as kiss fans and then got to do something with kiss it's like take us into your brain take us into that moment where you're like holy crap i'm that little kiss fan wearing makeup listening to i was made for loving you and i'm touring with kiss i'm standing on the side of their stage and they're walking over and high-fiving me what is that like it well i mean it we were just laughing jason and i especially we were just like holy shit we this is happening to us dude we get to watch them for six shows in a row on, on the side of the deck you can't describe it i mean it's the ultimate dream come true and it's like the 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 little bonus gift from the universe there you go that's there you get to have that so i mean all the touring we've done it's been great it's been hard it's been everything but that, when you get an opportunity like that that's when it's like, okay, that's the little sprinkles on top of all your hard work. Even though you may not make a ton of money or whatever, it didn't matter. Who gives a shit? We're opening for Kiss and I got to be on the deck. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> as, it's, as we talk, it's as we talk about on the show, every once in a while, when you get to do something that reminds you what it feels like to be 12 again, you're yeah. like, I don't care what, how much it's costing. That feeling is incredible. I didn't even care that their fans didn't like us. I was like, let's get our set over so we can watch Kiss. <laughs> you know, I, as you were explaining that, I was like, it's too bad there couldn't have been like an opening to your show saying, hey, we're actually huge Kiss fans, guys. We grew up with this band. Maybe that would have won over the audience before you even started playing. Well, I did. I, you know what? I think we altered our set list after the first show because I was like, okay, maybe we don't come out with the 190 BPM 
yeah scene gunfire double bass right out of the gate it, you know let's just let's play some radio songs or something a little bit more fucking chill how how, um, how did uh how did the band treat you on those shows very nice um they let us come through and do the photos with them like they have uh, their meeting yep. group where everyone yeah. was we got to do that and get pictures and um Jason was in Alice Cooper's band before Death Punch with Eric Singer. So they've been friends for a long time. So we got to shoot the shit Great. with Eric. And then, but when Paul would come over and talk to us, he was totally cool, man. How's it going, guys? You need anything? Mm-hmm. You know, how's it going? Are you having fun? Totally laid back and chill. I mean, very, and it's like a relief because you're freaked out. Well, how's it going to be? You know, I, I, I remember that. So when, you know, when I was working with them for the number of years, the first time I had that moment where, you know, Paul came over and said your name and hi, and it's like, oh my God, he knows who I am. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time in your head, I'm sure you're the same way. You're going, that's the freaking star child. Yeah. That is the star child. Yeah. I don't, I, mean, I, don't, I don't care how nice he is, how much of a gentleman he is. That's still Paul Stanley of freaking kiss. Yeah, dude. I mean, even talking backstage before they went on was different than when we're on the side of the deck watching him and then he comes over in between songs and talks then you're like holy shit that's the dude from the stage man yeah like, that, was, that was way different even though we just <laughs> talked to him backstage you know <laughs> um I, before, well, yeah. before, I, awesome. before i forget i wanted to jump back real quick so you said your parents wouldn't get you tickets to um see kiss was that because there was something about Kiss they didn't like? Were they like, oh, my God, they're demonic. They're Satan worshipers. We can't allow you to go see that. Or they I mean, just what was their reason? They didn't understand. They just thought, oh, that's just probably some negative rock music. And we, you're too young for that. They, they, they didn't know that once they learned about Kiss yeah. and they were like, OK, it's harmless. He loves them. There's no so, stopping them. So at, at what tour did you finally get to go see Kiss for the first time? I didn't get to go into a, the asylum tour in 85. Wow. Okay. Wow. Well, but that's well, a good but, one to go but, to. But, but let, let's be honest. I mean, after the Dynasty tour, the next U.S. tour would have been Creatures. Yeah. And, and we know mm-hmm. the Creatures tour was cut short and poor selling and everything else. And then the makeup came off. Yeah. I mean, and I was still into Kiss throughout those years. I wasn't, they weren't my every single second of my life band though at that point i was i was discovering other music and hearing stuff on the radio and digging a lot of things so when i finally got to see kiss i was still super excited believe me but it wasn't like it would have been if it would have been on the dynasty tour when well I- let, let, let me let me ask you since you got into them in 79 around dynasty how did you react when they moved from dynasty to unmasked to the elder I mean, you know, now looking back, we know that was a pretty terrible time for the band. And musically, it's it's a mess for them at times. But you got into it right then. Did that phase you at all? Were you going, what are they doing now? They sound like a pop band. What is this concept album? I just thought it wasn't good to me. I'm like, something's not right about this. I don't like it. It's not the same. I like Is That You? I thought that was a cool song. I thought the pre-chorus fucking ruled on that song on, on yep. mass, but I didn't really like that record that much. Maybe she's so European, those two songs. Um, but I was thinking like this, I don't like this. This isn't the same, but I was going backwards. So I didn't care 
so much about unmasking the elder. I was revisiting all the old shit at that time and loving that. But the elder was totally confusing to me and to everyone. And imagine being Eric Carr. I got the kiss gig. And I know. Is, yeah, oh, yeah. Friends and here it is. And they, you put on the elder and they're going, what the fuck is this, dude? No. I know, I know. You know, Eric, Eric, Eric Carr starts with this mighty band with touring for Unmasked, then doing the elder. Ah, Got to yeah. be going, what the hell? Did I pick the wrong horse? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he earned his stripes, man. He, he earned his stripes because then, of course, it uh, they started getting heavier. Again. With, with, with oh, Creatures, I, I'm sorry that, you know, Eric's drum sound on the Creatures of the Night album is just amazing, monstrous. Yeah, I love him. I, I mean, just think if they could have come out with Creatures after Dynasty, they would have been fine. It yeah. would have been fine. I know we, 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 we talk about, I'm sure you've heard us in past shows, but we do that all the time. Like, what if? But part of what I always sit here and go is, but the thing is, we got creatures because of the crap, because of the crap that happened before it that slapped them in the face. And maybe yeah. you as a musician can relate to that. Something happens, it slaps you in the face going, shit, we were completely off track. We were out of our zone. We were listening to the wrong people. Sometimes you got to hit bottom in order to come back and do something really incredible. You just don't naturally do incredible, 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 incredible. It gets tough too. I mean, especially when you have success to keep following it, you put a lot of pressure on yourself, much, much more so than a label going, well, we need hits guys. Cause we were on an indie label. We weren't on some big yeah. machine. We were like the only band on the fucking label. We were the label. So, but we put a lot of pressure <clears throat> on ourselves to keep topping ourselves and, it was, we were very fortunate. I mean, we had a great radio team working at a radio and we were like one of the last few bands to get in where people bought their record. You know, we were lucky. We right. made it right in, right as the door was closing. And then we still sold records. Like we sold shit close to 10 million, maybe. Like that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. incredible. It's really, it, we were so fortunate. I'm so glad to to have gotten to experience that. I mean, would it be cool to sell records again? Of course, but that's never been, I've already done that with Death Punch and I've headlined arenas. Now it's about just a new challenge of my own band and, and finding my own journey and having fun and just doing the theatrical fun project and, and having a good time. Cause I got, already got that experience the other big machine, you know, that was, no, it's so such a rarity and such a blessing. Um, I'm grateful for it every day because it also has allowed me to have a good life and to do and explore and experiment with other projects that I maybe couldn't have done had I not had some success with, with Death Punch. So well, yeah, I owe let, a lot. Yeah. Let, let me ask you about that. So how is it <clears throat> challenging to you as a musician when you've got an album that has some some form of success, however you measure success. Uh, it could be album sales, it could be touring, it could just be the fans love it. And then it's time to follow up with the next release. What is the inner, I don't know, conflict turmoil of, do we just 100% duplicate? And if you just 100% duplicate what you did, are you not being a creative artist that you wanna be? but then do you risk trying to be creative and go a little different that you're alienating? Is that a constant challenge when you're moving from project to project? Yeah. Well, I mean, for us, 
during our albums, we kind of knew what our core was and what we were as a band. And, and we would always deliver a certain amount of that. But we also wanted to push ourselves and do things that we hadn't done before because it keeps us stimulated and it's exciting for us. Um, you always hope the fans will like it. You can't control it. But we also knew enough about our band and our sound to where like, okay, well, these four are definitely what people would expect from Death Punch. Right. These two are nothing like they would expect for Death Punch. That's okay. Let's fucking push that. We are, we're into it. If, even if they don't like it, we like it. That's okay. And then you, so, and then we kind of just listen to a record and we fill in the holes of what we think it needs. And then once it's passed through all of our shit filters, <laughs> it's usually, <laughs> it's been combed over so many times. That we're like, are, are, are those, are those, are, are those shit filters like managers, record label, A&R, all that stuff gets in and filters it? Never. We were, it was, we were never controlled by A&R or label. It was. Wow. That's uh, awesome. It was all in, it, we, we flat, I mean, we weren't going to sign with them unless they took our record and put it out as is. We, we made the record, our first record ourselves and paid for it. And we're like, there's, there will be no changes. You want it, you put it out as is. They did. And then it, took off at radio and we started getting on arena tours opening for like corn. And uh, th then the label did make a good point. They're like, we want to put something else out on the radio, but every song is fucking brutal metal. We can't do anything. Can we re-release the record? But you guys write a couple more songs that might work. Right. You know, so it was like, fuck, we, we kind of don't want to do that, but we understand what they're saying. So let's kind do of like a fair compromise. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, we're just getting started. We can't not, we can't pull the fucking plug and go make a second album because we had a, we were building momentum and we were getting people's faces on tour. So we kind of just, when we had any downtime, we made a couple songs, then they re released the record, they released a single to radio, and it did, it kept us going. And then, uh, once it was time to finish all that touring cycle, then we had some downtime and then got together at um, Zoltan's house, one of the guitar players. We, we all lived in the same, basically, um, community. So I would walk two streets over, you know, and we stayed at his house and like we wrote the record in the living room at the house. So that oh, was cool. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so back to a couple kiss questions. So obviously, you didn't see them with makeup and you got into them when it was still the very end of the original four. How did it impact you when Peter and Ace left? And then how did it impact you when the makeup came off? Uh, when Peter and Ace left, I mean, I remember seeing the interviews. Uh, he, Peter did an interview on TV and uh, I was like, man, that's a bummer that's that sucks but i was still such a loyal kiss person that i was going to accept whatever the change was and i thought eric Carr ruled when he came in i thought he looked cool i thought it, he played great so i was i was okay with it um losing ace was a bummer too but i was still rolling with the punches i'm like i'm it's still gonna be kiss it's just gonna be different i'm gonna give this a shot and you know um, I hung with them and when the makeup came off, 
I, you know, it's, I think by that point, I almost kind of figured out what they had looked like or something like, I, I wasn't that freaked out by it. Well, you know, you know and, and also, I mean, we, we, we talked about this on last week's show, but if you were a Kiss fan back at that period of time, you also know that Kiss was basically dead. Yeah. You know, from, from Unmasked to Elder and Creatures here in the U.S., Chris was Kiss was dead. They were a non-issue. They no. I mean, you think people laughed at you in '79 for being a Kiss fan when they were still at at their top. By the time '81 and '82 rolled around, you were just an an idiot for liking Kiss. I mean, yeah. so at that point in time, I remember it's like when the makeup came off. It's like great. It's a change. I mean. Kiss is bigger than all of this other stuff. Kiss to me is bigger than the makeup, bigger than the members. But it was almost like a relief. It's like, okay, okay, yeah. you know, let's do something different because obviously it hasn't been working for the past three years. It kind of seemed to me though, like they were just reaching to fit in, you know, in some way or another. Like well, I, d- I'd already during I, the eighties for sure. Yeah, they yeah, were I mean, they were like chasing. They were- they were lost and they i think they even admitted i've read that too but it's uh i i'd moved on already i was into prince you know i was into and mtv was happening so i was seeing all this different shit new wave yep. and you know michael jackson prince i was still a kiss fan but when they took the makeup off it wasn't like a, as big a deal as i think they hoped it would be the big well reason. i you know i i think part of the re- you're right it wasn't that big of a deal because let's be honest there was only two original members of kiss that were taking their makeup off (laughs) and Vinny Vincent had only worn his makeup for one album. So it wasn't like people were going, Oh my God, what does Vinny Vincent really look like? People were probably like, who is Vinny Vincent? Yeah. 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 It it was a confusing time and it wasn't that I, they weren't quite my world like they were earlier, you know, so it didn't, I wasn't uh, that affected by it, but they, 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 they definitely, they definitely stayed as my world. And, and to some extent, it felt good because, you know, once Lick It Up started getting some more success, and then obviously Heaven's on Fire from Animal Eyes really took off for them, then I could kind of sit back and go, see, my band is still fucking kicking ass. They're yeah. good. They're getting their success and the recognition I've always said they deserved. I was really happy when they did the MTV Animal Eyes concert. I remember, and, and I... I wish they'd re-release that properly. I don't know. I, I don't know if they don't like it or whatever, but I fucking love that, man. I love the songs were up tempo and fat. They played them fast and with energy and Paul sang his ass off. I, I remember really enjoying that. And I wish they'd re-release it properly, like in Blu-ray and shit. I would love to buy that. You know, really <laughs> re- release it as a release it as a live album. I mean, it was recorded at Combo. Yeah. How how appropriate would that be? Plus, we'd get a live album with 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 Eric Carr. Yeah, I mean it's already done. It costs nothing. Just do yeah. put it out. <laughs> somebody's some some somebody's got the rights and is probably sitting on it. Uh, probably yeah. MTV. Yeah, that's always probably, what it is. Yeah, you're probably right. There's always someone, you know, because like look at the Beatles, Let It Be. There's no reason that shouldn't be out, but there's so many fingers in that pie that they can't come to an agreement. Right. So, it is what it is. But maybe so, someday. So, so your first concert is is Asylum. Now the album, great album, very underrated, heavy, 
reminiscent of 70s kiss but the stage attire what what was your first thought when you started see you know and and back to your comment about being lost i think we all know looking back now it was gene more than anybody who got lost during the 80s he didn't know how to act yeah when he wasn't the demon right. and to see him dressed like maud during that asylum tour was just like what the hell you almost, i felt almost bad it was like man this is just not a kind thing for him to have to do, <laughs> deal with you know <laughs> that's a nice way to say it i'm like fuck i they're really pushing it man like i'm almost struggling to get behind the way they look but everything was so neon and broken down from all the new wave bands that we saw on mtv that it, it wasn't that shocking of a look even though it was shocking because no no you again yeah. timeline's so important if you were yeah. there during the 80s that's what we were wearing in the 80s people yeah. it, everything was neon um also if you think all the glitter on go check out what ozzy was wearing around that time period oh, as yeah. well ultimate sin i mean all of them. ultimate no. sin yeah. Yes, all glitter, all rhinestones. So that's what was happening. It wasn't like it wasn't like everybody else was in black leather and studs and here's Kiss in neon. It was happening everywhere. But still, to your point, it wasn't kind to Gene. Paul held it fine because Paul looks like a rock star on stage no matter what yeah. he's doing. Yeah, the, uh, it, it, it was acceptable. I mean, it, to me, I was almost more bummed with the poppiness of crazy nights than I was the image of asylum. Ah, uh, look at the time. <laughs> I, I love, I love crazy nights. Not. I love I, crazy nights. I mean, I, it's a hooky song and I get it. I bought it the day it came out. I had the cassette yeah. and I was like, God damn it. It's just sounds like they're trying blatantly too much to be popular. And that's yeah. like, to be bon Jovi. Oh, they, no danger. there was no elements of danger at all. They, they clearly throughout the 80s were no longer the trendsetters like they were in the 70s. In the 80s, they were ch chasing the trends, yeah. whether it was Def Leppard or Bon Jovi or whoever else it was, they wanted to be that. Bon Jovi <laughs> fucked it up for everyone because he came out he was a, he was a good looking that. dude with fucking songs that killed it live like you could tell he yeah. was influenced by Springsteen and shit their stage show was great but that fucking uh, Slippery When Wet record everyone in the world had that album you yep. know like right. but then you're like shit we gotta do that we have to be that and so and and, and I'm a, and clearly by the '80s, uh, you know, I don't, I can't say this for sure because I wasn't in a band, but record labels were having a lot more influence on bands and what they yeah, were yeah. doing in the '80s. Like, you want you want that budget for the next video to be quarter million dollars, you need to go in and co-write with Desmond Child, and it's got to be this hook, and go listen to what Aerosmith just did or whatever you know bon jovi's doing that you're gonna mimic that it's so funny that those budgets were so inflated like that because i know we made we made live videos like big huge production shit and it, it so doesn't need to cost that much you know like we 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 paid some money on some videos too but then we also learned how to do it and not have to pay the money it's just stupid spinning people were spinning <laughs> stupidly back then man
Well, and one of the things I want to key on that you said, Jeremy, because you're not the first guest we've had on that have, has said this. You said there was no element of danger to them yeah. in Crazy Nights. And I agree. And I think that's what costs them more than anything else. Yeah, I could even I could get behind the neon coats on Asylum more than I could the fucking Crazy Nights record. I was wasn't, like, wasn't there danger in Paul's blue thong snapping? Maybe. But I, by then, I was like, turning away. Like, I don't know, man. I, 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 I mean, maybe that would have made it more interesting. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, as much as I, I absolutely love the Crazy Nights album, I would also love to hear the Crazy Nights album, like, remixed, re-recorded, whatever you want to re-it, where it's less keyboards and much more just heavy kiss sound. I'd like... Exactly. I'd like to see them do that with Crazy Nights and Unmasked. Could, oh, yeah. could could those two albums be brought back to a rock and roll over, just solid, heavy rock sound? It would be great to hear. It would be great sure. to hear. Because songs are songs. I mean, a song should be able to be broken down to an acoustic guitar and a vocal. That's what, what a fucking song is. You could ice the cake any way you want it. So of course they could probably re-record it and make it heavier, and you go, okay, that's presentation you can get behind, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it, it's funny because on the Crazy Nights album and tour, I absolutely love the album. I thought the tour was sucky to all end. I mean, it was a short set list. They they were going through the motions on that tour. Um, it just it didn't it wasn't an exciting show for me. Now, the, the, again, the albums were great, but, you know, we then had the excitement of when Hot in the Shade tour hit. Right. That, that was, I mean, did you go to the Hot in the Shade tour? I did not, man. Oh. I, uh, I did not see Kiss again until the reunion tour. Hot in the Shade was that moment where, as a Kiss fan, You're like, you, you, you were basically you. like, oh, my God. The albums are chasing all over the place. The tours are not, eh, especially the Crazy Nights tours getting worse, shorter set lists. And Hot in the Shade, they come out and they open with I Stole Your Love. Oh, cool. And, and yes. you know, I just remember, I'm in the audience going, you know, yeah. jaw dropped. And, you know, Paul, is, they're, they're, they're paying tribute now more towards their past because you, as a diehard fan, you're starting to see, oh, look at that little, he's got the Paul Stanley solo album patch sewn on a vest somewhere. You know, you start seeing that where you're like, oh, God, refreshing. Kiss is back. And that yeah. stage show was amazing. The set list was amazing. And then they followed it up with Revenge. And then the music industry imploded. Yeah. You know, yeah the, thank yeah. you. Gr thank you. Grunge. You just took away everything that was coming back. Finally. I know it, mm. it, it fucked everything up for a while, but they, they survived it all, man. Um, you know, that they were even going to try to fit in and do something dark and weird with that carnival of souls record. And thank God that was postponed and they did the unplugged and right. And the reunion. And then it later came out or whatever, but I, I, uh, you know, I was just so excited when they announced they were doing that reunion. I mean, I, I, I went three nights in a row at the uh, forum in L.A. Jason and I both did. So we <laughs> we painted our faces. The I mean, first that, that, that was that was like being a 12 year old kid again, wasn't it? We were so excited. Yeah, everyone was. It was really special. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, pe people can can have their own opinions and what they think and don't want, but the fact that Kiss is still here, yeah, still touring, still putting on a show like they have been with the End of the Road tour, which you know is the biggest production, the most fireworks I've ever seen Kiss do. How can we not be happy about that? Yeah. I, it's awesome. And I'm glad I got to see this end of the road tour thing, but I mean, they could always continue on. They could do a hologram thing and it would, you know, it would fucking rule. Well, let, all right. So let, we don't ask this question to a lot of people, but you will get the question. Yes. Okay. You, okay you'll get the question later, but what do you think? Well, wait a second, no. But how are we doing on time, time, Jeremy? Yeah. How much time do you have? I'm getting close, actually. Yeah. All right. Okay. We'll, we'll, All right, so we'll do these two questions and then we'll wrap up. Okay. Um, what if after the end of the road, Gene and Paul are done touring? They, they're, they're done. You know, they aren't going back out on the road as themselves. What if they put four new people in the makeup? I don't think that would be cool. Um, unless they make it like a Kiss musical or something, they, they need to make a twist. But I think if they did a hologram thing, a kiss experience with all hologram and it's the vibe from all throughout the years, different looks. And the, that could be something that's that really could be cool. cool. Yeah. I would it, give I, yeah. You know, I think whatever they do, I can't pass. I can't pass judgment on whether it'll be good or bad until I see it and yeah. what it makes you feel. I mean, do you get the little goosebumps? If you get goosebumps, it's good. If you just sit back and it does nothing for you, then fine. It, it, it doesn't work. It's a tribute band, though, to me. I, in my brain, it would, it would never be. It's not, there's not even one real guy. But if it's a hologram, at least you know it's, a, a, it's a, like a, just a, a show put on, like a weird right. show that you're experiencing. It's well, I mean, we, we've talked about it in the past that maybe what it does become is the official Kiss tribute band or bands. I mean, yeah. could, could you imagine that they, they get a band that, that has residency in Vegas and they do the dynasty era. And that then there's be... a band that's residency in New York city doing the alive era. And then the, you know, London gets the kiss tribute band doing the creatures era. I mean, now, I and could... all of a sudden you've got six different kiss bands around the world. Now I could, yeah, I could get into that. That could be because cool. I, I think what would, I think what we would all agree upon is a, New Kiss with no original members is not touring arenas any longer. They will never draw enough to tour an arena, but they could probably do theaters. And you do oh, yeah. a res you do a residency in Vegas for six months. Mm -hmm. For sure. How cool Easy. would that yeah. be? Yeah. yeah and and sure. and an official one, so you know that Gene and Paul are you know using real props or real gear or approving, and you know it's not. There, there's money put into it. So it, it, it has a potential, but it's got to be seen. Yeah. Um, all right. So final question for you. I think you're enough of a KISS fan. You can answer this one. Okay. Did Vinny Vincent save KISS? I don't think so, because if he hadn't, I think Paul writes with somebody that will help him. And he did anyway. I mean, he wrote with Desmond Child. Vinny is a talented guy, but there's many talented people. I, I don't know that he saved Kiss. I think he was, it was, he did a good job for what he did, but I don't think he saved Kiss necessarily. I, I, I think, I think taking the makeup off saved Kiss more than anything. 
Well, they were certainly yeah. out of cards to play, man. At that yep. point, it appeared that way anyway. And and then and then after the makeup was off through the eighties, it was Paul Stanley. Yeah, he I mean, because we because we know Gene Simmons did check out of the band. He was go- he was he was there for the tours, and his face was on the albums, but he had no integral part in the in in the music and what was going on. It was the Paul Stanley show keeping Kiss alive during the 80s if paul had given up during the 80s and said i'm not doing this on my own kiss would have been over oh for sure because gene mm-hmm. was gene was making runaway with tom Selleck, man yeah gene wanted to be a movie star <laughs> i mean and mm-hmm. kudos to him but paul did carry the fucking torch man for sure yeah and and, and when gene finally did come back we got the amazing revenge album and tour yeah right Cool. Well, so, 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 yeah, Jeremy, where can people follow you, your new band? What's going on? You can go to psychosexualmusic.com or um, psychosexualofficial on Instagram. Okay. And that's pretty okay. much all you need. You go to either one of those two and it'll tell you all you need to know. And you, and you mean guys, you're, not gonna, you're not giving out your cell phone number? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard to find people's numbers these days, man. <laughs> but listen, guys, Jeremy's a Kiss fan. He's he's the, he's the first person that I think, and we'll get corrected if I'm wrong, came on the show wearing full Kiss makeup. Yeah, and yeah. The, and the shirt. Oh, and awesome, awesome shirt. Eric nice. Singer shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm just doing that to piss off our listeners. <laughs> No, that's okay, man. <laughs> Lives for that shit. Um, yeah. Oh. So, um, Jeremy, this was awesome. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're you're Thank a Kiss you fan. So you're 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 a Kiss on. fan through and through. Yes, sir. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. It's we'll great. see you out on the road sooner rather than later. Yeah, that'd be great. Hope so. Stay in touch. You've always got a, an open door to come back on the show. Who's this other guy? Was he? It's the uh, round of Dallas. It was, is. Was he funky but chunky? Before? He just yeah, shows, I was, he just shows I was up doing, when he wants to. I was doing my best Claude Rains impersonation. You got look it up, kitties. <laughs> Perfect. So 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 obviously Mark will have nothing to say, but Tommy, that was a cool ass interview with Jeremy. Yeah, that was absolutely, I think, amazing. Yeah. It I really mean, was. First of all, yeah. I'm just I'm totally impressed that he put on makeup nobody's ever done that for us before and you know very cool tons tons of kiss stuff to talk about and you know we got some insight into a musician as well right well yeah and you know uh, it'll be interesting to see how many people are um fans of death five finger death punch that are watching the show also um follow jeremy now on his new endeavor and uh, you know yeah know go, go 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 check out psycho sexual jeremy's new band which as he said has a lot of kiss influence in it um you know i guess for homework for this week um you know are you a five finger death punch fan you know we had um jason hook on a few years yep. ago talking about uh, his love for kiss so are you a five finger death punch fan because the band the band loves kiss jeremy loves kiss 
Jason loves Kiss. You know, check out his new band. What do you think of Psychosexual? Yeah. 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 Tell us what you think. Yep. Um, and uh, I, I got, I've got two contests I have to get set up. And somebody just hit me up wanting to do um, another contest. It's just, it's three sides of the coin. We give you all the cool stuff for free. Yeah, we got all kinds of cool stuff to give you guys. Yep. So I got to get off my butt and get these things set up for you. Um, we're still sharing Tommy's amazing photos. And Tommy, that guy who's cleaning your house behind you there, oh. maybe maybe he could scan some of the negatives from like your creatures of the night photos. Yes. I Well, what I'll send you next are the dynasty. But the creatures of the nights, I still need to find the negatives. They're somewhere and I'm not sure where. Let him go. You know, he's cleaning the house. Tell him to look for him. Yeah, yes. Well, you know, it's cheap labor. Yeah. I mean, we need to see those because your asylum photos, we're still posting them and people are still loving okay. them. Good. Well, we'll do we'll do Dynasty next. And then I have Crazy Nights is finished. We also have um, the uh, in-store stuff and we also have the intrepid. So I want I want I want to see here. the in-store and the creatures okay all right um plus so i'll give a, a little teaser here in two weeks we're having a whole episode devoted to asylum i'm oh, not going to cool. tell you what we're doing but it's going to be very cool excellent that's good may may okay mark's putting on gene's costume and he's going to wear gene's costume for the show right over there <laughs> he's, he's bringing sexy back he's bringing yeah. maude back oh my god no <laughs> that, was, uh, that was worst look man that was just bad. and for gene specifically that was really really bad yeah we chat, we chatted with jeremy about that <laughs> we chatted with jeremy about the asylum look because the asylum tour was the first tour jeremy saw even though he'd been a fan since 79 sure. um all right so that's it guys you know where to go with your home. my little plug uh, here um since you've stayed so far on march 6th which is a saturday um i think it's called rock and recovery we're going to give you all the specific details but um if you guys remember Carl Cochran, um, if you're watching this show, you know, you know who Carl is. Um, along with, uh, I'm pretty sure Keith LaRue and Eric Singer, and uh, they're going to be holding a really, really cool auction. It's March 6th. I just want you to, again, I, we're going to get you all the details coming up soon, but I just want you guys to, you know, get a, a week or two, a uh, couple weeks <laughs> heads up on that well, it's going to be really special and i have and something to add to that. for a really good cause so yeah and and so it'll be more than likely happening on the kiss auction live auctions yes, page on facebook okay so this is important guys if you're not a member and it's free to join you have to go and sign up now and the admins will um add you to this page do not wait until the day of or you will not be in and you will miss the whole thing so now is time to go just type in kiss live auctions in facebook it'll take you right to the page and then try it. then uh click join thank you tommy mr sumters mm -hmm. mr sumter <laughs> um all right let's wrap this baby up
because even okay. though Mark has eaten, the puck has dropped. That's true. <laughs> yes. That's true. <laughs> I just love how we cater the show around Mark's viewing habits and eating habits. Well, he doesn't even show up, and he gets to go. Well, we got to get going because I know he's, he's he's literally guys. He's literally been here on screen with us for about ten minutes, and he's already waiting to go. Puck dropped at seven, man. Big rebound, nice rubber game. You know, we we beat the the Panthers uh, the other day, and playing back in their home ice, it's a big deal. It's early season. Go Wings. Okay, I thought he was talking about Buffalo Wings. All oh, those are he is. He is. He likes <laughs> when, those when he goes, the wings <laughs> dropped. I thought he meant they dropped on the kitchen table. <laughs> um, although Liz did make chicken shredded chicken tonight, it was dynamite. So nice. Yeah. All right, that's it, guys. Three sides of the coin. We're out of here. We'll see everybody next week. So you love the show. Go to itunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of Three Sides of the Coin. Thanks.